Welcome to the First Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Josh. This podcast that I'm sharing with you right now was recorded at our Serve Team party on February 1st. The guest speakers are Nate and Liz Holtz, who are pastors of Avenue Church in Ontario, uh, Ohio, which is just outside of Mansfield. Uh, They do a wonderful job with hospitality at their church, and if you've ever been around Nate, and especially Liz, hospitality just oozes out of them. Uh, Liz did a second teaching to our hospitality teams uh, on hospitality that we didn't get recorded, but I wanted to share uh, this recording with you um, that we do have. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you will walk away uh, from listening to this, and you'll grow in hospitality yourself. Well, good morning. Thank you for all of you who showed up this morning. I am a morning person. I wake up in the morning ready to go. I like my eyes open and it's like, okay, Lord, what do you have for today? Um, My husband, on the other hand, is usually the person I'm like, get up, get up. You know, like he's just, but he can be up really late at night. So I appreciate all of you who maybe aren't morning people um, that are here today. And those of us that are morning people, good morning. Um, We're so glad that you're here. My name is Liz Holtz. Um, I'm um, the associate pastor over at Avenue Church in Ontario, Ohio, and this is my husband, Nate Holtz, and he's the lead pastor there. Um, We've been in quite a journey in ministry um, that has led us. um, We obviously, from our jerseys, are not from Ohio. Um, You will not find anything red, gray, or white in our wardrobe. Um, However, we serve a church that there is a sea of red, gray, and uh, and white. Um, However, we um, were born and raised in um, Indiana. We actually met at Anderson University. Um, and both were um, on ministry tracks. Um, I like to say I married younger so that I could train him into the ways that he would go. Um, still working on that. It's more of him training me, but which is the way it should be. But um, well, we met at Anderson University, and that's where our journey started um, in life and ministry together. We've been married for 15 years now. Uh, we have two beautiful children, Avery and Ezekiel. Um, we uh, just we grew our family through adoption. Um, God has a sense of humor as well um, because uh, we prayed and prayed and prayed for 10 years um, of being married and the Lord answered our prayers and our children are one month and two days apart. And so, um, yeah, I'll let you guys do the math. And they were born in two different continents. So um, anyway, but God um, has been so good to us and so faithful to us. And hopefully you'll have an opportunity to meet them today because they are such an important part of the ministry that we do as well. Um, Because as a family, we do believe that we have all been called into this. Um, I believe as Christ followers, we are called to be the church wherever we are. So our church, our family takes that very um, seriously. So when we're at Aldi, we're the church. When we're at, um, you know, at a ball game, we're the church. And so um, hopefully that's um, something that your family sees um, as you continue to do ministry. Um, Pastor Josh is completely right, is that there's so much ministry that gets done within the four walls of the church but it's more than that. It's what we do to be the church outside of these four walls as well. And so um, we're excited to share with you today um, something that is very uh, close to our hearts. Um, My journey in ministry has been a majority of my ministry in children's ministry. Um, But while we were serving um, at Stonebridge on Church of God in Finley, um, we went through some changes and and things. And we actually had a really awesome um, just advisor come and um, speak to each one of us as staff members and just take some 
time to listen to our hearts and um, maybe hear our call into that. And so during that time of transition, the Lord had really showed me um, just my heart and desire to connect people to people and people to ministry and people into the church. And so that kind of began my um, desire for making everyone feel welcome in our church. And so um, this is something that is very important. I absolutely am a systems and processes person. I think systems and processes are so important. But I will tell you this, is that we could have all of the right systems and processes in our church, but if our heart for people is not our number one desire, it really doesn't matter what systems and processes we have in place. Because we know what to be true, that when someone is searching, when someone is lost, shall we say, they want to find a place where they can belong. That's why there's so many different non-church um, uh, uh, community and other organizations that grow is oftentimes, um, whether good or bad, can grow um, just because someone wants to belong. And I think that there's no better place for someone to belong than in the church. But I think we have done a disservice as churches to actually make our church a place where people desire to belong. If we can be really truthful and honest, a lot of times the way that we treat each other isn't something that we can really applaud and desire for someone to be a part of. Or the way that we might welcome to someone into our doors. And so um, I will be completely honest with you. When I walked into this building today, first of all, 100% felt peace and joy in this place. Um, the facility, uh, it was so nice to see all kinds of wonderful signs and knowing where to go and everything, and that's wonderful processes and systems. I'm so glad that you have those in, in place. But there's a scripture in Romans that I wanted to um, bring up to you. Can you put that up? Um, that really, when I... Um, oops. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, when I came across, and not something that's probably new to any of you, but this comes out of the message, and it's Romans 12, 9 through 10. And if you want to pull it up, you can on your phone, or if you want to um, just mark it for later. But um, the message version says this, Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends, love deeply, and practice playing the second fiddle. I think that in order to be the most hospitable church that we can possibly be, our heart has to deeply love not only ourselves as our, each other as a family, but also those who do not look like us, smell like us, act like us, um, or family structure looks like us. I think that the church will not grow to the place that the Lord could absolutely just storm in, rush in that, if the heart of our people is not for the person who doesn't already know Christ or doesn't already belong. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's so, so important. Obviously, it shows your heart for people that you're here because you're serving in some capacity in this church, and that's amazing. But a non-church person, an unchurched person, a prodigal person, they can smell out our fakeness right away. If we do not want to, if we do not genuinely love 
from deeply who we are. And if we aren't walking in a direction towards Jesus, Nate was just preaching this the other day, is that we should be running, actively running towards Jesus. And as we do, our heart forms and looks more like his. And that heart is a heart for his people, those that he created. And so, um, so that, I think, is the key to being a hospitable church. And um, that has been the key to the ministry at Avenue Church. And so I wanted Nate to share a little bit about what it's looked like um, as a church revitalization and what we've kind of been in for almost two years now. Almost, yeah. So um, so I was telling Josh that uh, we're in a position that I did not want. (laughs) So um, he was telling you, like, we're not equipped. You know, God, God... calls people and then equips them, right? And so, um, so we took over this church in um, Mansfield, and, um, and we were all connected there. So we've been in the state of Ohio for a while. We were up in Finley for seven years and uh, really enjoyed it, moved back to Indiana and realized that wasn't our spot. God was doing something else. And so um, we, I was up at a conference, and our um, Esther, uh, state director, uh, met her up there, actually, and she's like, hey, would you be willing to come back to Ohio? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's Buckeye fans there, you know, like, and I'm a boiler. So um, anyways, um, uh, but we couldn't help it. I mean, literally God said, you're going. And this church was probably, this church was maybe 50. They were creeping into, down to 40 people. And primarily, uh, 90% of the people were uh, 65 and older. So um, I thought, how in the world are we going to do this? And it wasn't so much because of the age, it's just the energy. How, how are we going to get um, an, age, an age group who've already kind of, like, right here, these are my friends, these are who I connect with, you know, to share and get the gospel and be the church that we're called to be. So we, we went, a lot of praying went into this, and um, uh, we're like, God, you're just going to bring people. Like, you're going to have to bring people, and we're going to equip and train and send mentality. And so um, there's a whole story there. But anyways, we relaunched um, as Avenue Church um, uh, the d- Sunday after Labor Day in 2018, and now we're roughly around 180, 190 people on average. So um, and we're starting to creep into the 200s. But the reason that we're getting there is because for three months, I harped on, preached on, met with, we didn't even have a summer in 2018, but that whole goal was to say, we've got to change your heart. And, and obviously, we believe that the Holy Spirit's the one who does that. But we have to be open to the idea of, man, a lot of times, for most people who've been in the church their entire life, um, and not to any fault of their own, but somewhere along the way have just got stuck in this rut that Christianity is show up to church on a Sunday morning, don't cuss, you know, don't run in a church building, you know, this is ours, you know, like, like the church is at an address, you know, and we had to break that. Uh, our goal was to get back to what does Acts teach us? And Acts teaches us is that, oh, wait, you're the body of Christ, or we're two or more gathered there I am, right? That's the church. And so we had to break that. And then at the same time as we had to teach them that church is messy. And so embrace the mess. And we preach that all the time, embrace the mess. Because if we're living this right, people that we don't hang out with will want to, become, want to come to the church. Meaning that they'll want to be a part of people. And these people are supposed to love one another, right? 
Jesus tells us that you're not to, um, if you go around telling people, I'm a Christian, well, that's not how people are going to know that you're a Christian. It tells us that, we know, that people will know that we're his disciples by how well we what? Love each other. Love one another. If we don't get that right, there's no point in doing this, right? You're just a social club. And any other church that doesn't know how to love one another and love the unchurched, they're just social club people who pay their dues and expect the pastor to do what we want them to do. That's a social club. If we're doing this correctly, as Josh pointed out today, is that our job is to say, um, oh, by the way, I need to teach you, train you how to go and do what God has called us to go and do. And so, so we get comfortable in our church building setting. That's not church. That's just social club atmosphere. So one of the things we had to do right away is to begin preaching and teaching and showing by how we do it is that we're going to embrace non-Christians. Oh, by the way, can I ask you this? You know, how do non-Christians act? Like non-Christians. Like non-Christians, right? <laughs> but in our, in our American society, we founded, like, you know, our government and everything was founded on Judeo-Christian values, right? So we've basically been telling non-Christians, unless you act like Jesus, you're not a good person. That's not what Scripture teaches us. People who follow Jesus are supposed to look like Jesus. And when, when somebody looks like Jesus, who do they care about? They care about um, Nicodemus. They're, they're caring about Zacchaeus. They hang out with prostitutes. You know, they, they're caring about the, the marginalized, the ones who don't care, the ones who are beat up by society. And whew, people were all about him. Like women and children love Jesus. So in that reality is because Jesus loved them. And these were second, third class citizens of the day, right? Our job as the church is to say, you know what? That's our job too. So if we're going to do that, I have to love her that way. And she has to love me that way. And I have to love our elders that way. I have to love my leaders that way. I have to love those who call themselves Christ followers this way. And then I need to bring them with me. And let me show you how we do this. And so when we launched in uh, September of that year, we launched with 215 people um, and have really never looked back. You know, of course, it went down, obviously, because people were excited. What's going on here? But, you know, uh, but the idea was to say, hey, this, there's something different about this place. Um, and here's how I know we're doing it right. Um, and we're going to give you 10 reasons why people don't return to church because of hospitality. Um, but uh, we know we're doing this correctly for a few reasons. Uh, this, uh, actually, just this past Sunday, or two Sundays ago, we had a doctor come in. He's in the community searching for a church right now. They were part of a home church. He got hurt in a previous church, which is, which is really sad because this happens a lot, actually. Um, uh, came in and uh, just like, I've heard so much. Now, and our, our church is called Avenue Church, but people, our website is churchontheav.com. So people are like, oh, you at Church on the Ave? Or um, they'll call us the Ave. <laughs> so, um, so our name is getting into the community and our building is getting used, which I'm so glad that here that this building is getting used as well in the community. But um, so this doctor comes, he's like, I've been wanting to check this out, know some people in the church. And, um, and he was telling me, he's like, he goes, I know you guys are doing it. You're, start, you're getting out there. You're making a difference in your community. I'm like, oh, how do you know that? He goes, actually, there's some people from Crossroads Church who was telling us about some things that are happening at the Avenue and wanted to share that with you. This is a mega church 
about 2,500 people just a block or two blocks away from us. And people at this mega church are hearing about what God is doing at Avenue and are sharing it with other people. So like, like we know this is happening, but it, it's, but it's a lot of intentional focusing on how we treat people. Um, and that's the goal. One of the, one of the things we've heard back, we send out guest surveys all the time to new guests and things like that. We want to know, are we hitting our mark? Um, some of the people who've sent back, if like if what was a negative experience, we've had what, two or three people send back. I don't know if this is a bad thing, but I felt like you guys were a little too friendly. <laughs> take it. I'll take that. You know, like I'd rather be too friendly than not not, not enough friendly. So, um, so that's been kind of cool. Uh, but so there's just some of the things that are going on um, at Avenue, and we're really breaking down culture uh, to trying to rebuild the church that God has called us to build. Um, not just at Avenue, but in general, is working with other churches, helping other churches, loving on other churches, but saying, like, if we, if we get so focused on us and we have the holy huddle, we're missing it. And so one of the things we have to get better in is our hospitality, and, um, and we preach that a lot at our church. So um, Liz is going to also show you some more. So Tom Rainer gave um, just recently, within the last year, um, 10 reasons why people don't return to the church. And here are some things um, that maybe is happening here at Talmadge. Maybe not, hopefully not, but um, some things that we had to change at Avenue as well um, to uh, make it a uh, guest-friendly church. And I want to use that word guest. Um, so one thing that we is like a big no-no word um, in our church is a visitor. Um, a visitor is someone that comes and pays a visit and then you don't, ex- you don't expect to return anytime soon. That might be a person from out of state. That might be a family member that just happened to be coming through. A visitor is someone that you're not expecting to come um, again. That is not what we want to have happen every week at Avenue. And I'm sure that's not what we want to have happen every week here at First Church. We have guests that come. Every single week, we should expect that guests are going to be in, coming through our doors. If they're not, then let's, let's go back and check why. Um, and so as guests come, um, we average anywhere between 25, I think you, we decided 15 about 15 to 25 guests a month. And um, so we always need to know that the hope is, is that those guests will feel um, welcome, loved, accepted, and will be back the next week. But these are some reasons why someone may choose not to come back um, for another Sunday. Um, An unfriendly or awkward meet and greet time in worship service. Have you ever been there? Done that? Uh, You guys have it. So we actually transitioned away from a formal time. Yeah. During welcome time, I'll just tell, tell a person next to you. Yeah, That's good. yeah, for this reason. Yeah, yeah. for That's this reason. Good. So at Avenue, very, very friendly church in all honesty. Um, when we got there, the meet and greet time easily could be 10 minutes um, of oh, just wanting to just say. And for a for a um, extrovert like myself, that sounds amazing. Um, I got to talk to everyone in the room. For an introvert or someone who is a guest with you, the last thing that they want is someone to awkwardly have a conversation with them for 10 minutes um, in the service. And so um, in let me just say this too is that also um, our service is at Avenue our hope on Sunday mornings is that we will always have a guest in the room so everything that we do caters to that guest because because um, this is about them and not us and so um, um, that's something that we we, we do never there. we never assume that there isn't right so even if there isn't we continue to 
do every weekend as if there is. Right. So when there is, it's just part of normal culture. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and unfriendly church members. Okay. We're just going to assume that's not here. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, hold on, hold on real quick. And I, I, I don't want to – I want to make sure that we understand that people who give to their local church, again, they don't see it as, well, I give, therefore this is mine. Mm-hmm. That's, again, that's not what Scripture teaches. Something I had to break early on is that you give out of obedience to your Father in heaven, mm-hmm. not because of your local church. Right. And so we have in our society, especially I've noticed the older generations, depending on or a traditional setting. I so younger generations too, you know, that, well, I give because and I should have some say so. Absolutely wrong. That is not true. And the other thing that we got to break is, um, again, I love America. <laughs> Believe me, oh my God, I love being a citizen of the United States. But we have allowed American um, principles or standards enter into our faith. Our faith should enter into our uh, place where we live. And so, um, you know, because I have a vote, well, again, that's not scriptural. There's no voting. We have voting once a year or two at our church, but it's because of a 501c3 mentality to say in the tax credit. But at the end of the day, I don't vote because I'm American. I vote um, in a sense, because it's how our church is set up. So therefore, church members have to be super careful of saying, this isn't mine because it's not yours. You're a steward of what God has given us. Just like all the money that I make, my house, my car, my stuff, I'm a steward of that. It's not mine. And therefore, we have to treat our churches this way as well. So that's why unfriendly membership can be detrimental to a growing church. Absolutely. Yeah. Unsafe or unclean children's areas. Um, as a mom of two five-year-olds, my eyes are right directly on that um, in any situation. Um, in, um, out in the community, out in, but the church, um, we should always uh, create a safe and clean environment for our children. Um, and um, I was so happy to see that already is many of the things that are happening here at Talmadge. Our children were welcomed and were, you know, oh, do, have they been checked in yet? That's a wonderful thing as um, a parent to feel that my children are safe and that it's a clean environment. And that it's chilled, that when I walk into that area, I want to know this is a kid-friendly area. My kids were expected to be here and that they're going to be loved and taken care of in that way. Um, no place to get info about the church. Uh, this can be a really, really tough um, thing for um, many churches is to know exactly um, how much information to put out there and uh, how to do that. Um, but some of the things that people have um, complained about even um, in and we've kind of taken care of in our, and we'll talk about that in a little while, but is, is there a clear place for guests to receive information about the church or a person that they can speak to about that? So uh, the other thing is, is a bad church website. So many people, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, is the way that people get directed into a church. Your website is so important for that. Um, and so that people are checking out, you know, what does the website have to say? Does it tell who you are? Is it clear that my kids are welcome? Is there a clear place that if I'm a guest of how to get connected right away? Um, those are some things that we want to be aware of, too. Right. So the, and the idea, too, with a website is, um, and I don't know who does, does this and stuff, but you have to decide on 
one of two things. Is it an information website or is it a first impressions website? You can't have both. And so for us, it's, it's the first step for people connecting to us. Uh, in fact, a lot of times we hear, you know, how did you find us? Well, we Googled you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially kind of a younger generation. They Googled us. And, um, and our website pops up. And then our website go to information and then even I have a video on there I thought I'd try something different that video has actually helped tremendously of what we're about and um, like the things that we value and that has actually helped a lot of people get connected to our church as well as through our website. Um, poor signage. Um, someone um, walks into a building and is like deer in the headlights. What? Where do I go? What do I do? That happens not only on a Sunday morning, but that also happens um, during the week when people are using your building. So that's something that sometimes people aren't. Um, and that signage, and we're going to talk about this more in uh, uh, the during time of guest services or um, first impressions team, um, is what that looks like. Um, from the outside of the building into it. Um, Insider church language. Uh, This is something that we had to change right away is that, um, so I I just used an example of this. Um, Does anybody know what a keenager is? A keenager? Okay, some of you are nodding your heads. So sometimes, I just actually spoke at another church, and they're like, church language, what church language? Well, sometimes when we name our group certain things, or we assume that everyone in the room knows what we're talking about, we're now using church language that the first-time guest has no idea what you're talking about. So uh, if you're going to have a teenager's group, which is actually a seniors group, so instead of a teenager, they're the teenagers, if you're going to have something like that, as you're announcing that from the stage, we have to define what that is. So no insider church language that a guest is not going to already assume. The other thing is is sometimes in kids' ministries, we get so um, fancy with our kids' names in the certain rooms that have like the bubbly whatever, whatever things. But if we don't clearly define the age group that that child is in, so um, just keeping things simple for guests um, is always a good idea. And always as you're talking or addressing someone, never assume that they know. um, So like, for instance, Christian, if I were to ask you what's a Christian, I bet I would get a bunch of different responses in this room, right? So the word Christian is a Christian language. Um, they don't know. A lot of people don't even know. Uh, discipleship, evangelism, sanctification, holy. These are words that people don't know. Um, and we have to be careful with them. And I bet some of these words you're like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I'm saying? So these are really helpful because well, these are our discipleship groups. What does that even mean? You know, like, I, I have no idea. And so we have to be careful with the, the normal language that you've been using your whole life. And we have to break that habit. So um, number eight is boring or bad <laughs> church services. So you've all been there. Okay. We're, we're not going to say it's Josh, but um, we've all been there. Maybe we've visited somewhere else, of course. And, uh, and you've gone in and you've been like, oh my goodness, I need more coffee or I need to put something on my eyes to keep them awake. Although Nate says that if you fall asleep during service, I hope you got the best nap of your week. Um, but, uh, so, but I think that we have to realize that we are um, to engage. One thing that at Avenue, we believe very strongly 
talking about. We are not um, in, in the entertainment business. We are not here to entertain you, um, but we do want to engage with you. We want to speak and, and, and do things in a way that um, are relevant to your life and that you can connect with so that it's something that can move you in the direction of Christ. Right. So we use the word attractive. Uh, entertainment is we'll do something for you. Being attractive means, oh, I want to go check that out or I want to go be a part of something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was attractive. Mm-hmm. He was not entertaining. Right. So we got to be careful with that too. Yes. Members telling guests they're in the wrong seat or pew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had the card holders at Avenue. We do have a card holders. They would have their little business cards and they would go in between, before service and they'd place down their cards um, on the seats that were theirs. We laugh and joke, but so what did we do? We changed up everything of the seating. <laughs> We did. So, um, and we, on a very, very consistent basis, we're always telling people we want you to go sit on some other side of the um, sanctuary so that you can meet the people that sit on this side and vice versa. And that now, if everybody moves at once, you're just moving with all your friends. But, um, but one thing that we did, and I do want to share with you, and I hope that we're not boring you, but one thing that we did is these round tables right here. Um, the back of our auditorium actually has round tables at it as well. Um, so we have um, chair seating and we have um, a little bit like cafe seating. And the idea about, uh, behind that was um, there's actually been different people, all kinds of different people who have been using that. Sometimes it's good for a nursing mom to be able to have a space um, that, while she has the baby in there. In there. Sometimes it's that um, you might have a person who's recently had surgery or something and it helps them to lean on a table. It also is for the person that likes to put their Bible in front of them as they're reading and their coffee in front of them. Um, so we kind of made it so that the space um, has a little bit for, ev- uh, little bit for mm-hmm. anyone. And we found this to to be a really awesome thing especially our guests are like whoa I can sit here and drink my cup of coffee while listening in that so it's kind of changed the environment and it's also changed our seating as to where people sit um, and um, and been very proud of our older generation and their willingness to move around from there yeah, and so they- so right right and, uh, I, and maybe I'm gonna share with you a little bit <laughs> but the um, so you know you have the typical ones who always sit in the back row like those same people, I've been sitting here for 40 years, you know, like that people. When we put, we have now uh, 13 tables set up with six chairs around them in the very back. Now, if you have pews, you probably can't do that, but um, set up in the very back. And then the back row is now in the middle of the auditorium. So like, so they had a conundrum. They had to think, is the back row these tables? <laughs> Or, and I have to sit here and talk to people, or is the back row now the middle? And so a few of them realized, well, I'm not sitting at a table. They moved up to the back row of the middle for like two or three weeks and said, enough is enough, and moved back to the very back. But now they're sitting at a table with other people mm-hmm. conversing. Yeah. But it's been fun to watch them because they would have never done that before. Yeah. And, um, so there was a lot of intentionality with that. <laughs> but don't be a seat saver. Don't be a seat saver. No. <laughs> um, members telling guests, oh, wait, sorry, just said that. A dirty facility. Um, that's self-explanatory. Um, you know, one of, one of my favorite places, and unfortunately, we, just, we were just having this sad talk, is that we don't have a Chick-fil-A in Ontario. And it's just, we're just, do you have a Chick-fil-A here? No. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Good for you. So the one thing that I do enjoy about Chick-fil-A is their hospitality. I like to look at it through that lens. Oftentimes you see someone walking around, wiping down the table. Um, one of the things that I experienced um, at Chick-fil-A one time is that they offered for me to go through the drive-up window, order my food, and then they had it ready for me at a table with my two five-year-olds already prepared. They were already thinking ahead of a mom that was there with her two little ones by myself. And... Um, and they were always thinking forward and also um, just making sure the facility was um, a happy place and clean place for us to come. So, did you want to do that one? Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm doing okay. So. Okay. Um, a couple things just to be a reminder of is that when and where does a first impression happen? Um, we've kind of already gone through this too. Our website is a first point. Um, that's an important step, as Nate said. Um, on our guest surveys, one thing that we found to be true that oftentimes people are either invited by someone else in the church to come and be a part of what's happening in the life of Avenue, but also people who are doing the Google search are hitting our website and they're hitting on a video that Nate has made on that of explaining who we are as a church and what to expect when you come. So that has gone, um, that's been a really Let me also say this to you because it's probably not in here. Um, our goal, too, is uh, we're strategically trying to hit a 35-year-old male. That's our target audience. Um, we're not just trying to shoot in the air and hopefully we hit somebody. You know, like that's not our goal. The reason we're going after 35-year-old men is because statistics always show us which there's a large gap in between reaching children and women to reaching men. If we can reach a man, typically 35 age range, we can reach the whole family. If we, can all, if we reach a woman, we may get the man, maybe. So that means everything that we do in our church is geared towards a 35-year-old male. Um, that means we got to man it up. And most churches, woman it up. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you walk into most churches, and it feels like you're in grandma's church, right? And, and, and I, I mean, we can laugh about it, too. But it's true. Like when we walked into Avenue Church, it was designed for a 55-year-old female. And obviously this is why you were part of the reason you were dying. And it's not because we don't care about women. It's just because if we don't reach men, we lose families. Um, and so um, that's, that's the intentionality too. So everything with hospitality is going around that idea. So we need more men serving and uh, having a heart of caring for people things like that, which leads us into grounds and parking lots. So, and we'll talk more of this in the training, but um, your grounds is so important. Um, how is that visually from the street? Um, your parking lot, um, the cleanliness of the facility, your kids space and safety, and obviously the people is where that impression starts as well. We uh, and let me say real quick too, as we're flying through this, uh, uh, parking lot. Do you guys have anybody in your parking lot helping like on Sunday mornings? We, we do not have like a parking lot team. We have people Couple people that sit outside, like in the breezeway there, okay. as people come in, but we do not have like a parking lot team. So okay. we'll talk more about that. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that this session. Yeah, because that's a really that's a really important key to your church as well. All right, we want to end this, um, and are you guys still awake? Um, we want to end this with, with one more thing that we have found to be really, really important of being a hospitable church um, at Avenue. We want to be very clear. We are not perfect. 
gosh, none of us are perfect. So we still have a long way to go. But this is something that has been um, really impactful in our church and hopefully could be something that if you feel like it would be a good fit here, um, we'd definitely like to encourage you to do it. So we have something that's called Give Us Ten. Um, I just want to show you what a welcome looks like at the beginning of our service. So Nate and I do the welcome together. Um, We do a little bit of, uh, well... It can be funny sometimes, but um, mostly because he looks there strange at me. But um, but I usually say... He's high energy. I am. <laughs> so I'll say, welcome church. Welcome to Avenue Church. My name is Liz Holtz. I'm one of the pastors here at Avenue, and we're so glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us today, welcome. You are here because someone loved you enough to invite you, or you checked out our website, and you're here, and we're just so glad. We realized you could have been sleeping in this morning, but you chose to be here at Avenue. And so we hope that today's service is an absolute blessing to you. We want to tell you that if you're a guest with us today, we would love to meet you. So we have something that's called Give Us 10 right after service today. It's go right through the lobby and then the double glass doors. There's a big sign in front of it that says, Give Us 10. We ask for 10 minutes or less of your time right after service. Uh, Pastor Nate, myself, and others of our staff will be in that room. It's a special VIP room just for you. At that time, you'll have an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Love to answer any questions you might have about our church, and we have a first-time guest uh, gift to give you just as a thank you for coming. So we want you to know that we are just so glad that you're here, and again, this service is meant to be a blessing to you. Then Nate goes into exactly what the mission uh, of our church is, and then also how offering looks for us. So we do not pass a plate at our church. We have um, offering boxes that are located um, in the back of the sanctuary, and we tell our guests that those who call Avenue home will be giving towards because of what God has richly given us. So we give a portion of that to him in the form of the local church. And so we do that, but we make sure the guests know that they should feel no obligation to give, but instead this service is a gift to them. So um, that's how we do that. So after service... um, And and I'll say this, we have actually... Uh, reached a number of people on their first Sundays because I'll say if this is your first time, please feel no obligation to give. We're just excited you're here today, and um, and this is for everybody else who calls this home. So that right there has actually helped reach people and who invites usually new people, right? New people invite new people because it's just how it works, and I don't know why, but it's just how it works. Um, and so a lot of times they'll use the excuse like. We weren't told to give anything. They were just glad we were here. Like that's happened a number of times and people have stuck because of that. And um, that helps tremendously. So after um, service is over, as Nate closes the service, he always says, and just remember, if you're a guest with us today, we want to invite you to give us 10 right after service today through the double glass doors through the lobby. And so, and at that point then, it's so funny. I just want to say this before we go. Because the culture of the church has to change, like we said, to be a hospitable church, we have to care deeply about those who are already a part of our church. And so we laugh because... It is, we have an actual, it used to be the old church library, and now it's been cleaned up and um, spruced up, and it's a nice little VIP area for them. But our church members know that they aren't allowed in that room. (laughs) So they know it because they know that the first um, initial conversations that will be happening right after service for Pastor Nate will be with our guests, and they're totally okay with that. So it's really funny. So they wait, and they wait until the room is cleared, and then all of a sudden, like, you start seeing trickling in and saying, hey, Nate, I have to ask you a question, or hey, I, I, I wanted to say this about your sermon. 
We don't say that because Nate is unapproachable. It's just that we've changed the culture in our church to realize that those that it's their first time here, this is going to be possibly the first and only touch, hopefully not, that we will have with them to engage with them. And so when you no longer put yourself as first, but like that service or like that verse said, you play the second fiddle, you no longer, your needs are still important and are still going to be important to Josh and the rest of your staff. But you know how to find Pastor Josh. They know how to find Pastor Nate throughout the week or later after that. And so changing that culture. So those are some of the things that we've done um, Avenue that we've found have worked. Well, um, and the last thing, too, is I, I, we preach this all the time. And they probably get tired of us, tired of me probably saying it. I don't care. Um, I make sure that they know. Paul teaches us in Galatians, consider others better than yourself. And until we understand that as Christians in the church, when considering others better than ourselves, we'll never get this idea of what it is to follow Jesus. Because what did he do? He came to serve, right? He didn't come to say, hey, this is about me. It's not. Even though it was, right? Because of what he did for us. It was not about Jesus. It was about the people. It was about him giving himself up for them. And until the church grasps this idea, we're never going to actually grasp the idea of what it is to be uh, a city on the hill you know, light of the world, because people need to know that we as Christians are here to serve you, one another, and non-Christians, and when we get that, I think the churches, when that's the churches who typically start to explode, because we start seeing the heart of the person that God created, instead of the outward struggles and brokenness of their life, so... So we want to thank you guys so much for being here today because obviously your heart is about people that you care and that you want to serve within the walls of the church and I believe throughout your community. But we just wanted to encourage you today that wherever you are on your walk of faith, and you know that's one thing that I think is an awesome thing about what we call our connections team, is that someone who has just started coming to our church, they can connect to the connections team because anybody can greet at the door as long as you have a smile and you're ready to just engage with people, is that, um, that our hope is that for Talmadge Church, along with Avenue Church, along with all the churches in this community, that we would care deeply about others and love deeply in a way that would attract others to Jesus and not distract them from Jesus. So um, anyway, that was our heart and prayer for today. I look forward to meeting some of you guys um, later in a session, but thank you so much. Thank you. Um, here in a moment, we are going to split up into our groups and get some training. Uh, one of the, you guys mentioned the whole meet and greet time. And uh, one of the things that I just kind of want to reiterate, we, we actually just talked about that a lot as elders and so forth. That's where we read some of the data that people generally don't like uh, a meet and greet time. And one of the reasons was is because visitors felt like, too, that was put on. Uh, if a pastor has to tell you to get up and greet people, and you're not doing it before that time happens, uh, people feel like, oh, they're only doing this because the pastor wants me to. And this is not really who they are. And so just a a word of encouragement uh, to you as you see people that you don't know, uh, whether they're a part of our church or or new, uh, make sure you're introducing yourselves. Uh, You talked about the person who uh, wasn't sure if uh, they came back because we were too friendly. Michelle is here this morning, and she mentioned to our group a while ago, she said, the first time I came, 
I thought, like, this group is really friendly. Then I came back, and they knew my name. And she said, she said so I, I brought my husband to make sure you weren't a cult. Um, and uh, she said he came, and he, like, listened and was a part of all of it, and we realized you weren't a cult. And so we decided to keep coming. Um, so here's, here's how this is going to work. We're going to break off into our, our teams here. Feel free to use the restroom. If you're like me, you need to go because you have a small bladder. Um, but we are going to break up into training uh, right now. And so um, here's where groups are going to go. If you are not a part of one of these groups, go to the group that you are most interested in uh, listening to. Um, so small group leaders will be in room 104. You can get uh, here through the little door right there, or you can go around and get there if you're going to use the restroom here. I'll be leading that group. Uh, Nate, you're going to come with me, right, um, uh, to speak into small group leaders. Uh, children, you're going to go to the kids' room church uh, with Pastor Mindy. Um, students, you'll go with Pastor Doug, or student leaders, you'll go with Pastor Doug. Um, hospitality, ushers, gathering grounds, safety team, all of that, you'll be in the lobby. And so Liz is going to speak there in the lobby. Um, about what some of the things that they do. So all of those kind of hospitality teams will be in the lobby. Uh, worship will be in the sanctuary with Charlie. Brandon will be kind of speaking into that group. And then uh, visitation, room 103, which is a room right here. You'll go with Brenda. There's a big need for visitation. So if you're interested in visitation, you can go there. Um, and like I said, if, you don't, if you're not a part of one of these groups, just go to the one you're most interested in. All of these groups, too, are on the doors. If you look at the doors where... Uh, um, it gives announcements and so forth. Like you can, you can look at the doors too when we're done here. Uh, every person, you'll take about a half an hour worth of probably training time, um, half hour to 45 minutes worth of training time. And then there'll be a time where you can ask questions and work within your teams to figure out, okay, what are like some small things that we can start doing that we're not doing uh, to do a better job at what we're, we are doing. So maybe one or two just small things like, hey, we should probably be doing this and we're not doing it. So uh, think about it like that uh, during your training time. You'll come back here by 11, and 11 we'll have lunch uh, together and some testimonies and some award times and then some games and stuff and some fun time together. So, ready? Break.